push past the barriers in the business of woodworking. Welcome to the Push Through Podcast. Jeff, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going, Cleo? Going well, man. Going Good. well. Excited to to chat this this week. How's how's everything going in the shop? Going good. Been uh, finally picking up here a little bit. Got a little bit slow last couple few weeks, and then uh, seems like now it's pedals are starting to go again. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Um, how's summer treating you and the family? Good, busy. You know, finally now that they started getting a little bit of baseball back in our life, you know, get out of the house, get to do something with all this COVID nonsense. So we finally get to get out a little bit, play a couple of baseball tournaments, and um, getting ready to start a little soccer for the younger girls. So yeah, we're doing, we're doing good. Finally getting back into it. Nice. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of the soccer. I'm a, I'm a coach in the spring at a high school, but played in college and all growing up. So keep her, keep her yeah. enrolled in that. Yep. She loves it. <laughs> she eats it up. Good. Good deal. Well, what's the best thing you've seen this week? Well, man, just speaking of baseball, it'd probably be my boys baseball team. They, uh, you know, I'm assistant coach on there nice. and he's, he's 10, get ready to be 11. And so it's like the last year in this age group and they've been really doing good. And this last few weeks, they've just really kind of come together and, um, just a bunch of little leaders on that team. And, you know, it's, it's always fun to watch a nice. team that, um, is full of kids that want to be there, you know, that not just their folks are making them go there. I mean, these kids just truly want to be there, play ball and they just, they eat it yeah. up. So every, you know, practices are, are actually really fun because they're super productive and, you know, they've been, um, man, the kids have just really been responding well. And, you know, they've obviously they've been winning quite a few games, but cool. they, uh, they, it's just fun watching them get into it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I'd say the best thing I've seen this week is this tool called Descript. Um, mm-hmm. I actually need to show it to you. I think you would, you'd geek out over it, but it's uh, for podcast editing, video editing and really cool. Like, Right now we're talking and I'll actually edit this podcast on Descript, but we'll put it into there, put the audio in, it'll transcribe it. So put it all into words. Uh, And then instead of you like going and listening to the podcast and like having to clip out certain things or whatever it is, you actually just edit the text like you're editing a Word document and then it clips the podcast automatically for you, clips the sound. But what's even crazier, like I can say one thing with the fluctuation in my voice or whatever it is. And I can actually edit the text like I edit a document and it will learn my voice and then I can add new words into it and it will add those into my speech on the podcast. So you'll actually, (laughs) yo, it's, it's wild. I mean, the technology out there is crazy. So that's probably the coolest thing I've seen this week. Yeah, that is pretty cool. So very cool. So I'm excited to talk today. Uh, You know, last episode we talked about growing past your thresholds and we outlined, you know, all these different levels and the different kinds of thresholds that happen as a shop owner um, from zero to 250, 250 to 500 K 500 K to a million million to 2 million and, and so on. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, now we're going to be breaking these down individually. And I think uh, for a lot of people that are larger than this size, um, you know, it's going to be a flashback and they're going to remember their own stories and all that stuff. But, uh, I wanted to start by just going through, um, you know, your story. And I think we can do this as we go through each episode, but 
remind yeah. us of what it was like for you when you were starting from zero and, you know, give us the details, tell us, like, give us yeah. really good context of what it was like when you were starting out. Yeah, for sure. So we, you know, technically my, my shop started in 05, but I really started, um, you know, learning how to build furniture, learning how to build a few cabinets back in 03, 04. And, um, so how it all started, I was actually building furniture in my garage for just me and a couple people I knew. And, um, was starting to get pretty good at that. And one of my buddies from college that we graduated with was building a house at the time. And he insisted on me building his cabinets. And I was just like, knew nothing about how to build kitchen cabinets and, you know, rejected him several times. And finally he talked me into it. And, uh, I built, so I built him a set of cabinets and, you know, that was actually out of my garage at my house. And I'd build one or two cabinets, take them inside to the bedroom, stack them and build one or two cabinets, so on and so forth. So we got the whole job done. And well, it turns out that he had a builder from a local town that was um, helping him with his job, just kind of telling him how to get through it. And he had never actually seen cabinets built off site before. So um, he wanted to, he wanted me to start building his cabinets for him. So immediately after that job, I got another one and then, you know, started telling some family and friends that I'm kind of doing this. And that's kind of how it started, you know, started really innocently, you know, um, almost started yeah. with me not wanting to do it really. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, it just kind of started out that way and grew from there one referral at a time. And then, um, you know, I, I finally, I quickly noticed that I needed not, not help like labor. I needed help like <laughs> understanding what I was doing cause I had no idea. So, I knew a guy in a local town that was a cabinet sure. maker and was pretty good, pretty good buddies with him. We had bounced ideas off each other just on furniture and stuff. And I knew he built cabinets. So I actually would go to his uh, shop like on the weekends or if I had a Friday off at my current job, you know, I was a construction superintendent. So every now and then we get mm-hmm. Fridays off and I'd go help him in his shop for free and just learn how to run tools and, you know, learn the lingo and just kind of learn how things were sized and shaped and all That's that stuff. So I got to, yeah, I got a ton of uh, got a ton of information there, and he got a bunch of free labor out of the deal, so it worked out for for both of us. And we <laughs> we still talk to this day. You know, I'm I'm probably more into CNC than he is, so he'll call me every now and then about a CNC issue or whatever. So it's gotcha. uh, still still a good friendship there that that works back and forth. That's so, so valuable. I think for I think I mean for for hopefully people have those mentors, those people that they can follow. Um, as they're growing their shop, but you just can't do business effectively if you don't have that, that roadmap that, um, you know, yeah, that Yoda for you. <laughs> yeah. You got to have something. And, and I wish, you know, looking back, it's always, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. but I wish I would have, um, even done more of that, you know, maybe even found another shop, possibly even gone to mm-hmm. work in the industry for a few months, like for a professional shop, because I think, you know, at that point, by that point, I, it was still a side job for me. I mean, it was still, I had a full-time job, um, as a superintendent. Um, so it was still a side gig, but it was getting serious enough where I started under, you know, feeling like, Hey, I think this is going to become more than a side gig. So, I mean, I was already in that, in that zone. So that's awesome. Well, we'll definitely, we'll talk about that, you know, definitely towards the end of the episode, because I think it goes more into the next phase. Um, or the next level of, of the threshold. So, yep. you know, this is about the first six months of 2005 or so that you're in this yep. before you reach that 
250k mark a year in sales, right? Right. Yeah, we yeah, wasn't so, we wasn't in the threshold for for very long. You know, I mean, just I, I would say within the four first four to six months, we was was getting to the end of that threshold. So, so what's your mindset, right? Like, what's your what's your focus during this time? Is it just like you know you're getting referrals from these friends? Is it's like okay, yeah, this is great side money, or you know, what, what's your mindset? That's exactly what it was. I mean, it was just it was at the time it was just I would get a set of cabinets and I would build them deliver them, um, you know, and then I would get another one and then just figure out little things along the way. And that's, that's really all it was all about. I, there was no, um, rhyme or reason. There was no processes. Yeah. There was, <laughs> there was nothing structured <laughs> hardly whatsoever. I mean, it was just every single job Take was a new, comes. a new deal. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Yeah, well, let's let's outline some of those problems for people that might be in this phase or that were in it and they want to remember what that was like and they they probably have their own problems that they would add to this and we'd love to hear those, but what what are the, you know, give me give us one of the problems that you think was like huge during this time for you. Probably the biggest part was just that we had no um, you know, we had a, we had a lot of errors in and not just quality but design. So like a big part of cabinetry is just knowing how to design things correctly, you know, the right. size of common appliances, layouts of walkways, you know, um, certain different things about where to put appliances, just all these little things. So we had mm-hmm. a lot of mistakes in design, just not knowing. And, uh, we, and then, uh, you know, in turn, we had a lot of just mistakes in quality because we not only we was not that we didn't want to do a good job. We just didn't know what a good job was. And when I say we, there was yeah. myself and periodically I'd have a buddy help or something like that. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't, I didn't, I didn't have employees at this point, you know? So, you know, um, another thing we had, we had no books or, or very minimal books. I think I used QuickBooks or some version of that for like making invoices, but that was it. You know, I didn't really track any any numbers. You're not worried about anything else. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You get, you you give them a bid, you buy all your materials for that job, whatever money's left, that's what you've got. So, and that was, Mm -hmm. you know, it was basically, I was running a checking account at that point. So, um, which yeah. was, was fine at that point. But, um, you know, looking back, I, pr- I probably could have done a lot better job on it. It would have been easier on me to go ahead and set up books from that right. point, you know, and it was correct. Well, that's what people don't realize is, you know, the more, the bigger you get, the bigger, the problems like bookkeeping it. Yeah. It was a problem at this time probably for you, but it wasn't that big of a deal. Like you could still look at your bank statements and get no. by and file your taxes and you know, it probably sure. was fine, Yeah, but there were some pro- issues with that. Like you're not going to know what you're making on each job, um, before yep. you sell it and you're not going to know what your problem. profit margins are. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was definitely a problem. Yeah. You can get by with it, but the reason why you want to take care of it at that point is so that it doesn't, multiply in the future because if you can fix it at that point it's so much easier moving forward yeah the problem becomes when you're not doing one job it's when you're doing one job and then you start another job before that one's done you start overlapping so you got multiple jobs in the hopper at one time that's where that's where books um really excel they just make tracking all that uh, a world easier a world easier yeah absolutely um we had, and then, you know, we also you said you were, had issues with design. Was you guys were just doing everything by hand, right? Yeah. So the hand drawings on basically on grad uh, grid paper, you know, and then you know have to erase them and make corrections, and you know show the customer 
what the drawings look like and they had no idea what they was looking like <laughs> looking at. So, um, <laughs> but software, you know, you got to remember also back in Oh four Oh five software was a lot different than it it's is a different now. game. It was a different game. Oh, yeah. You didn't have the, um, you know, you can pay, you can pay as you go. You didn't have the cloud, you know, heck people, a lot of people still didn't even have an email. So, I mean, email was not, wow. everybody had one, but they weren't used, you know, nobody, not everybody mm-hmm. used it every day. So software also wasn't as big of a deal back then. But um, there was, we, you know, we got software pretty quickly. Um, pro- after we was out of this phase is probably when we first got software. But, um, you know, nowadays with all the offerings out there, I would think software needs to be one of those first things that you get after you've done a job or two. You know, just get like a, there's so many online ones that you can just pay 50 bucks a month for or whatever to get you going. And I would not hesitate for a and second it's worth to it. jump. Yeah. Yeah. Jump into one of those and at least have that to where everything's sized correctly. You know, your customer has some renderings to look at that kind of stuff. So, um, that would have saved us a lot of headache yeah. if we would have had just some minimal software. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I think something that is really common and I'm sure that you know, you have probably have this too. I know we talked about in the last, uh, overview podcast of all these thresholds, but you know, you kind of have to take on this yes man mentality of just, yeah, I'll do that. Or, okay, that it's a job and they're going to pay. Yeah, I'll do that. Just because you don't know, you don't know enough about yourself. Like you said, you were doing both furniture and cabinetry. And I mean, I'm assuming that, yeah, yeah, but I'm assuming that at, at a certain point you probably thought it could go either way. Right. Yeah, for sure. And I found out real quickly that I mean, I loved doing furniture, me personally, but growing a furniture business was going to be totally different than doing cabinetry. So mm-hmm. um, for a business side of it, cabinetry was just a, the easier solution and it was just an easier to grow solution. So it was pretty quickly that I realized that furniture wasn't going to be a long term plan, but I certainly yeah. I was certainly uh, a yes man for sure. I mean, somebody come in the door. But you kind of have to be, something. right? Yeah. Yeah, I think. I think partially you have to be, um, I, I was probably a little bit too much of a yes, man. I would just say yes to pretty much anything and anything that's bringing in money. And that's not right. That wasn't, and, that's that, not and I remember, I remember that wasn't even healthy back then when we, we didn't mm. have that much work. And for me, it was just a fear thing of running out of work. And yeah, I really, I should have been focusing more on the fact that we had no sales process whatsoever. You know, we had, we had no, um, we had no process of like drumming up new leads or looking for leads that fit us better. We had no process mm-hmm. there at all. It was just whatever was coming in the door. So the, those two facts combined made me a yes, man, you know, it's what I, what I feel like. So right. I think if I would have had some kind of sales process, even if it was just allotting two hours a week um, to, to yeah. doing nothing but selling, then um, I would have at least had, some control over the process of what we were taking. Right. I think that's the thing that a lot of people don't realize. And there's probably a ton of yes men out there um, that are past this phase. But once you begin to have, you know, a a dedicated marketing plan and dedicated Mm -hmm. sales process, you can start to predict how much work is going to come in, what kind of work will come in. And it, that's what allows the yes men mentality to go out. But if you don't have those things, you're, and you're just going off of referrals, yeah, you're going to have to be a yes man. You're going to have to customize things for every single person. Uh, you're going to have to 
you know, you know, veer off the plan of what you normally like to do. And yeah. it's not until you make that commitment of, Hey, I'm just doing this and I'm going to build a process that will get me that kind of work that you're able to start saying no. Yeah. It's, it's all about sowing those seeds early because if, if we would have done that early, I, I can't imagine how much quicker we would have raised, <clears throat> hit the other thresholds not and not just quicker, but how much, yeah, how, and how much better shape we would have been just for having those processes identified yeah. early. Um, you know, the problem with not the problem, or I would say the the general rule with with the cabinet industry is it's it's such a hands on, um, it's mm-hmm. it's such a hands on deal that's craft. Mm-hmm. You know, you're 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 making something out of nothing type thing, and so the kind of people that it draws in is you know carpenters and woodworkers and things like that, people that just like to build stuff. So a lot of times that kind of person, and mm-hmm. I was that kind of person included, we don't stop and think about some of these things that would help build a business because at that point we're just thinking about working on that wood that's in front of us. Um, but in fact, mm-hmm. we don't know it. We're building a business. We're, we're, we're doing it. You know, By building that stuff, we're building a business. So if we could go into it, yeah. if we can go into it, that mindset of, Hey, we're building a business. What's it going to do to make this business stronger? <clears throat> totally different outcome. Right. Well, and I think that's really the big perspective change that has to happen. You have to start creating a vision of like, Hey, this is becoming a business and yep. not just a hobby or something you do on the side. Um, if you're, yeah, I think you, our, you, I think our vision was just like, what's it going to take to get to the next uh, next job or next, next kitchen yeah. or whatever. And that, that was our vision we didn't have anything like a, a formal vision of where we were going. And man, that would have been so helpful looking back. It would have been so helpful to have had that. Um, it wouldn't have got us into a lot of the binds that we got ourselves into because we took too many jobs that were robbing our focus from what we were good at, you know, which um, ultimately put us in, behind schedule, late, mm-hmm. more quality and design issues, you know, all that stuff yep. that just rolls downhill from, from, from doing that. And I was, I was the world's worst, especially when I was starting. I, I was really good at communicating with my customers because honestly, there just wasn't that many customers. So I'm like, you know, yeah. a few phone calls a day and I've communicated with all my customers. I never had an issue with that. I always had an issue with relaying any kind of bad news or if, if we were behind or if we had, if we had a material issue or something like that, I was really horrible about kind of telling them what they wanted to hear. And man, such a no, no, like, yeah. you know, I learned so much from doing that, that, that now it's, it's not even a, it's not even a thought. We, you know, we, we don't tell our customers what they want to hear. We tell them what's going on. We tell them the truth. We tell them whatever, you know, we don't just yeah. lead them down this path of, um, we've, we've all done it, you know, but at one point or another, Absolutely. but, uh, yeah. And, and it's just a, it's well, just I, one of those things we have to learn from. I, I think that's part of the yes man mentality, honestly, like whenever oh, yeah. you are dependent upon your referrals and your in and getting more customers, you will do anything and everything to just bow down to, you know, your customers. And then you're worried about telling them the bad news because if it does go wrong, then they're not going to understand. And then you're not going to get more business. And it's just part of that mentality of like, okay, I've got to serve everything to everyone. Um, Right. And so I think once you start to start focusing on what your craft is, knowing your sales process and people are coming to you, 
you're able to feel more confident about being honest about what's happening uh, because you also feel confident in your processes and there's a lot less bad news to tell, you know? So you, right, it's, yeah. it's not a every single day conversation. It's every once exactly. in a while. Right. Yeah. Totally different. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So if, you know, there's people that are out there in this threshold, um, you know, it's probably a side gig or just the beginning of a business. What yep. are your, you know, key things that you want to give them for, you know, if they're planning to move past this threshold and they want to move on, what is, you know, what are some, some steps that you would give them or some tips? I mean, looking back, the <clears throat> when when I was at this phase, we were just getting into that point where we we're starting. That I knew pretty quickly that it was going to be a full time gig, and then it was going to be something that was bigger than me. Like in other words, I couldn't handle all of, all facets. I couldn't sell, design, build. You know, I, you know, I couldn't deliver. I couldn't do everything. So I was going to have to have employees. Looking back, um, I would have been a lot stronger in the next thresholds, if I would have even known about SOPs, standard operating procedures, um, if I would have just known about how to do those and started creating those early and how much effect those can have on your business, I would have started those early, even knowing we were changing so fast, like every day things were changing. If we would have been in that habit of creating new processes and and adapting as we made new processes, make new procedures, um, man, that would have been, that would have been huge because now you at the size that we're at, you know, we're, we're coming up on a little over 20 employees around 20 employees. And, you know, it's, it's part of our culture now, but it's still, it's still something we have to reinforce continuously to make SOPs, to update procedures. And if that would have just been part of our culture from day one, man, it'd been a huge yeah. deal. Cause um, I'm telling you, that's the biggest key if you ever want to become an owner for working on the business, you know, uh, not just in it, that's one of the biggest keys of something that you have to do is create solid SOPs. And then probably the other one would be um, starting a sales process, even though, you know, as an owner, it's going to be you doing it 90% of the time. Mm -hmm. Starting a sales process. I think I mentioned it earlier. Like if I would have just allocated two hours a week, um, that probably would have been all the sales time that I would have really needed to feed what we were doing, you know, just a couple hours a week of dedicated sales, because that would have been me looking for the kind of work that we wanted to do that fit us rather than us just taking whatever came in the door. So I would have been putting ourselves in the position to get work that fit us better. So literally two hours a week of selling would have made a huge difference. Yeah. And that's, that's all the sales process we would have really had. Just me picking up the phone, uh, I believe you know, it. a couple hours a week and, and finding the kind of work that we want to do. Yeah. And well, it sounds, that, it I think sounds that's great. Simple, and I think, but, yeah, I, I think going back to your SOPs comment and how you wish that would have been a part of your culture. I think really this is probably the next phase just because you're almost not a company yet as a shop right. that's doing under two fifty. Um, you're still kind of a solopreneur, but once you start adding those employees, like culture happens, culture is a thing that it, it's going to exist whether you're intentional or not. Yep. And if you're not intentional with it, it's that much harder to change. But if you're intentional from the, the beginning, uh, you can really guide the way the values and the culture of your company and everyone will be on the same page and it can become part of 
the identity of who your company is to do SOPs, to have a sales process, yeah. to do things the right way, to always improve, to implement lean, all those different things. Yeah. So just yeah, like start that before, one, you know, when I said, was deal. talking, yeah, just like I was talking about earlier with, you know, problems get bigger as you scale, you know, it culture is not probably a big problem at this point, but you've got to start thinking about it and start being intentional about it so that it's not a big problem later on. For um, sure. You know, my, my biggest thing that I would recommend to somebody that's starting to, you know, move past this threshold or is trying to grow through it is really get uh, a system down of having a default calendar. You know, use your calendar. Yeah. Your time is your most precious asset during this phase, and it will only become even more precious as you grow. And if you will, if you'll make a default calendar, meaning you've got your weekly calendar and you will set aside time uh, and block off time to work on your business. Like Jeff said, to, to work on your sales process, to, you know, work on your SOPs, to work on your bookkeeping, to work on your vision and your culture, whatever it is, but not work in the business, not be in on the shop mm -hmm. floor, in your garage, making the cabinets or the furniture, whatever it is. If you'll, if you'll make that default calendar a, a habit during this phase, it will really, you know, reap so much for you in the future. Um, yeah. The next and thing I don't I want to get you know oh, I don't want to before you move on on that one. I don't want people to overthink that. That's a at this phase, you can't when you're making your default calendar, you can't allocate three days a week to just working on your business. I mean, you are still in no. that just you're still in that grinded out, you know, working your tail off phase, not making a lot of money. You are in that, you know, you're in that zone. That's just the fact of it. But if you, if you at least have, you know, a default calendar where you're working on your business for two or three hours a week beyond your sales time, you know, that would be, man, that'd make all the difference in the world, but you just get used to blocking. Oh, absolutely. You know, and I, you know, I, I do the same thing and I started what, five or six years ago and I block out my Tuesday mornings that I do nothing but work on my business and I still do it, you know, from mm -hmm. till noon to 1230, you know, from the time I get to work till about noon or 1230, people just don't bug me because they know I'm not available. Yep. And it's funny that even the people I work with, like my, my customers and the people that I, um, you know, that are my, my contacts, even they know it, I'm, you know, by now they just know that so many times yeah. I've given them my availability that I'm not, not available Tuesday morning. Like, Oh yeah, I know you're not available Tuesday morning, but how about in the afternoon? You know? And so it just, <laughs> it just becomes part of my default. And then if there is a week where, you know, I don't have much to do on the business, I've still got that Tuesday morning blocked out for whatever I want to do, you know, because everybody knows that I'm just not available. Yeah, that's great. And I, I think that's, that's as easy as it can be. Just say, Hey, yep. Tuesday mornings or Friday afternoons, just mm -hmm. or even if it, even if you're that busy and you're working the full week, make it a Saturday or whatever it is, but find Something. that time where you can just focus, be alone and really get things done or, you know, meet with a mentor during that time too, to work on the business, yeah, whatever it sure. is. That's, it's so helpful. Yeah. Um, okay. Awesome. Well, I think, you know, there's, there's a lot of little details and everything's moving when you're in this threshold, but, um, I think we've, we've got a, a pretty good overview of everything. Yeah. Um, Jeff, for this episode, what is your tool of the day? Uh, tool of the day has got to be the what we've been using like right now in the shop. Um, of course, we're we're knee deep in all the lean stuff and and doing a bunch of re reconfiguring the shop. So, 
Uh, FastCap has what they call GPS tape, and essentially it is, it's colored electrical tape um, is, is all it is. And they have other little things to no, go with not it. Not really stickers. any global positioning going on. No, right? no, absolutely zero tech. Good. It's, <laughs> it's, it's tape. Um, so now really what you do with it, you take your tools, like say in an area right now, we're working on the CNC area and trying to get them the tools that they need just in that area. No more, no less. And, and all of the tools and things that go in that area, get that tape around it. I think their, their area is red. Um, right. or white, I can't remember, but they just, everything that's in their area gets the, gets the red tape or white tape. Um, and I'm talking everything, even their pencil, their Sharpie marker, you know, everything yeah. that goes in that, that area, their clipboard, everything, you know, gets that, oh, a little deep. bit of that red tape on there and they, they sell the little dots to go with it or, or labels that are all the same color. So you can really yeah. mix and match all of them, but it's nice because once you get everything in that area colored, then if it flies around the shop, when it goes around the shop, you uh, just look at the tape and you know where to put it back. So it's a, uh, yeah, they call it GPS tape, but it's, it's, it has That's zero cool. tech in it. <laughs> there's a, there's a company contractor, they were foundation contractor, um, but they have, you know, a fleet of trucks and I worked with them a couple of years ago and uh, they have, they do something similar, but it's all based on superheroes. So they have like the Batman truck. And every single tool, anything related to that truck that goes on it has a, a Batman sticker or logo somewhere on it. Um, oh, that's a great idea. And yeah. it's, it's the Batman truck. And then the same thing, they have like a Captain America and a Superman and all this stuff. But ev- I mean, they've got hundreds of tools and, and parts and whatever on those trucks. And each and every one has... I guess GPS tape, but in the form of a superhero. So it's, it's pretty funny. Yeah. Same deal. Uh, super, super helpful. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a pretty good idea. Yeah. Thanks, Khalil. Just one up my yeah. uh, GPS. So I, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Step it up, Jeff. Yeah. Um, so I've got uh, my tool going back to that default calendar. You know, I use this every probably, I, w- I would say multiple times every hour is Google calendar. Um, and I know it's a really basic one, but if you're using, if you're wanting to make a default calendar, you've got to get digital somehow. And because if you're writing it down, you're just never going to look at it. And everyone's got their phone in these days. You know, I've got an iPad, I've got a desktop computer, a laptop computer, I've got my cell phone and I can access it anytime, anywhere. Yeah. What's really great. And you're probably not going to experience this right away if you're in this stage in this threshold, but for anybody out there, you know, software is so key to growing a business these days. It's made it so much easier. It's accelerated, uh, you know, a growth, the way that you can scale and use software that integrates with other software. It's so important. For sure. Um, biggest tip I have to you, if you're starting out, make sure that the software you use is not just some niche product that never works with anything else. Make sure you're using stuff that does integrate well. And Google Calendar does that. I mean, I can send a link to somebody I don't know to schedule a meeting with me and it'll go directly onto my calendar, but it also show when I'm actually available. It won't just schedule random meetings. I can make a Zoom call right inside of my Google Calendar. I can I can do so many things right from my Google Calendar and it it set up directly to my email and it's just perfect. So highly recommend that. Yeah, and what man, a lot of people don't know this, but you can if you have domain specific emails, um, like, you know, mine is altcab.com, 
you can set that all up through Google. So it's all, mm-hmm. it's actually a Gmail address, but it's got your domain on the end of it. And that's, uh, yep. ties all that stuff together. Oh, abs- and what's crazy is all your employees, if they're all, if they're all in your domain on Google accounts, they've all got Google calendar. You can have like everything, everything on a schedule, see where everybody's at just for by looking at Google calendar. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. So, cool. So, um, what's our one thing? What's our one thing for this episode? What do you feel yeah, like big is the one, one thing, thing guys? So, someone's in this threshold. What's yeah. the one thing that they're going to need to do that you would recommend to them? Yeah. So I think they've got to, they've, they've got to make that decision or, or at least this was, this was what it was for me, but I think you got to make that decision of, is it going to be a full-time job? Or is it just going to be a gig? You know, is it going to be a, a business? Is it going to be something that you're going to grow and make something of? Or is it just going to be either a gig or a job? You know, it, you got to make that decision because if you want to get out of this threshold, you need to figure out a way to turn it into a business. So you really need to make that choice. And and there's not a wrong choice here. I mean, if if you want to keep it no. small and, 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 you know, you and you can make really good money in this phase to where you could make a good living. And if you want to keep it that way, that's great. Um, but if you want to, if you want to continue on past this much farther, then you need to decide if you're going to turn it into a business. Yeah. I think that's a, it's a, it's a mindset pers- you know, a perspective shift. For sure. Um, if you're going to make this a business, you just have to think about it differently. Um, yeah. it's, you can create a great job for yourself and that's fine. But if you really want to grow, it's, it's gotta be a story shift or a shift. Yeah. And I think you did that, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. What we did. Tell us, I mean, so, we, I know we left the story off at the beginning uh, for this threshold that, you know, you were having all these issues and this was mainly a side gig and you, within six months, you were at 250000 in revenue yep. uh, annually. What? Yeah. So, uh, you know, the, t- some carry of that us decision, on from there, like you made that decision. Yeah. Some of that decision was almost made for me. So I bid, you know, we bid a job that was way too much for us. You know, it's, it was way too big. It was kind of a multi-minute <laughs> job. And we ended up winning it. And so at that point I had to, um, you know, at that point I had to decide, okay, I'm, I've got to quit my job. And, uh, and, I, and I had a really good job, a good paying job, great company. I mean, I have nothing bad to say about them. They, they treated me really well. So it was really tough because I was in this spot where I really just kind of felt bad about leaving. And, uh, yeah. you know, I had delayed it for, I delayed it for probably a couple or three months more than I really should have. Um, because it was just, it was a really tough decision to make. So, you know, you know, once I finally made the decision that I was going to leave stuck with it, once I did it, you know, as soon as I left, I was already into the next kind of into that next threshold myself. Mm. Gotcha. Um, so I think it's great because next time we're going to be, we're going to continue that story. We're going to go into, um, the next threshold and, and what that means. But, um, yeah, I think it's a good point in the, in the episode, as we wrap up to kind of talk about the masterminds, we referenced them in our last episode with the overviews. Um, So excited. Yeah. I I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's going to be great for people that are in this stage and really with the mastermind, we have different levels and, for this level, we actually include the 250 to 500 because it is such a yeah, big kind of uh, area and you kind of have to. Um, but it really, if, if you're just trying to make this a job, 
um, and a really good job for you and you don't plan on making it a business, then the mastermind is probably not for you. But if you are trying to actually grow past these thresholds and really make a business that has a culture and has employees and, um, you know, isn't, is a really good business, then this would be perfect for you. Um, we're going to cover a lot of different things, uh, setting up your first SOPs, uh, creating habits of a business owner with a craft rather than just a craftsman, creating a vision for your shop and your company, um, how to make your first few hires, who should they be creating a plan for, you know, purchasing a CNC or other machinery, um, how to use outsourcing to grow your shop faster, um, and more predictably developing cons a, a consistent sales process. Like we referenced earlier, uh, learning the basics and habits of working on your business, not just in it. Um, so many different things that we're going to cover in this mastermind that are going to help accelerate you through these thresholds. And kind of like Jeff had, you know, the shop that he was working at on the weekends, this is, this is the opportunity to have Q and a with someone who's been there, who's done it, who's grown an incredible cabinet shop, um, or woodworking shop on their own. Um, but there's also the opportunity to learn from others that are growing alongside you, um, yeah, that are not your competitors, but are, they're in different parts of the nation. But it's, I think that's where there's really going to be a lot of value is learning from others too. Yeah, it's, that's going to be probably the best part of it. It's kind of once you're once you're in it and you make that decision, that commitment to be in one of the groups one time, there's going to be kind of this ongoing community of, of people. And that's, that's the, that's going to be the fun part about watching this thing grow is, is this first batch of people getting in there is, is going to be really neat to watch how they interact with people and how they, what kind of questions we get bounced off of us and everything. And it's just gonna be really interesting to see different uh, perspectives in this threshold. But what's gonna be really cool is down the road, when we really get a community of people uh, together that are kind of growing through these thresholds together and it's just going to become stronger and stronger. So it's, it's going to be something, it is something I've been wanting to do for a couple of years now. And, and I'm glad we're finally to that point where we can, uh, we can push it out. That's great. Well, um, man, I'm, I'm excited for it. If you're interested in the mastermind in the show notes, you can find a link to it to learn more just fill out the form that's on that page um, when you click on the learn more button and we'll get in touch with you. Um, and we'll be starting that again in, uh, the final quarter of this year. So we're in Q3 now, uh, that'll be in Q4 and we'll be doing it by the quarter. Uh, really excited for it. Uh, really quick, just to recap the show, we were talking about the zero to 250 K, uh, threshold for uh, shop and annual sales. And yeah, talked about Jeff and how he started his shop back in, 05, learning the craft back in 03 and uh, just what that was like for him in this threshold. What were some of the, the the barriers that he had, like the mistakes he had in quality and design, the you know the minimal bookkeeping that he did, um, the lack of software that he had for anything. And really the yes man mentality was someone we focused on a lot and just saying yes to every single job and how that led to issues and you know no focus. Um, and he had to have that yes man mentality because of the lack of sales process. Um, he also talked about the lack of vision that he had, that he was just focused on the next set of cabinets and not really what he could make out of this company. Um, and we also touched on that, the, the bad news and how he wasn't great at communicating that to customers because he felt like he couldn't. Um, and you know, our advice for people that are looking to move past this threshold that might be experiencing those same problems, start making SOPs a habit. Do it now, even though they're going to change because you're so small. And as you add employees and machinery, 
things change, make it a habit now, and it will be a part of your culture for the long term. Um, we we also said start some type of sales process, even if it's just two hours a week to do some prospecting or drive around and look for jobs or you know um, create invoices, whatever it is. Have a sales process. Start working on some type of sales process, even for just a little bit. Uh, we talked about making a default calendar and setting aside time, even just one morning a, a week to work on your business and not in it. Um, that will change the trajectory of your company and it'll become a habit that you'll be so thankful for for years to come. Um, we also talked about vision, how important that is and how to think about what you actually want. Um, do you want just a job or do you want a thriving business that works without you um, and grows without you? Um yeah, our tools were the FastCap GPS tape and uh, Google Calendar. And the big thing, the one thing, decide if you want to stay in this threshold and make a really good job for yourself or if you really want to grow past this threshold and create a business uh, in a cabinet shop or a, a woodworking shop that grows without you. So thank you guys so much for your time. Jeff, appreciate all of your insight, all of, all of your help. Um, I know there's you so bet. much that we can continue to learn from you. So. Appreciate it. We'll, uh, we'll see you at the next threshold. All right. Thanks, Khalil. All right. Bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Push Through Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe and visit thepushthrough.com. That's thepushthru.com for exclusive content, articles, and more.